Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going for you? It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Yeah, going going good. Um, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Well, I've been keeping up with uh, Tunic. I did have to go on YouTube and watch a walkthrough to figure out where I was missing, where I was supposed to go. Um, still really frustrated with the fact that I have no idea what's going on. I found these four tile things, which I'm guessing are stat uh, or buffs, but I don't mm-hmm. know that because I don't know what they are because they're in a language they don't let you read. Um, I did figure out how to upgrade some of my stats through the uh, Fox Idols accidentally, like completely at random. Um, you have to left bumper to get into your inventory, and I happen to be standing next to the refresh. Basically, it's like if the uh, um, Elden Ring or Lost Souls when you have the campsite to get your health back and all that stuff and whatever, and then all the monsters mm-hmm. reset. Basically the same thing. Mm. I went into my inventory, and it happened to randomly be next to one, and I saw some of the things that I had collected and didn't know what they were for with a coin amount next to them. And I did the the coin amount thing, and it said one to two, and I went yes, and it put the thing on the idol, and next thing I know, I get an attack bonus or bigger health bar or more health from potions or whatever the upgrades were. Um, past that, I got back into uh, Medieval Dynasty. I've been meaning to get back into that game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's still They completely revamped the story when they went from... Uh, the alpha stage to the 1.0. They're at one, two, six now, I think. Um, so it's one of those games that you can just kind of zone out and play. Uh, but the big, big news is that I finally got my Series X. I was randomly on Amazon, and it had been in a restock. So I immediately send a cart, order, done. It showed up. I haven't had a chance to play it yet because of all the downloads and the updates and the whatnot. Um, that I'll be doing as soon as we get done recording. It's a lot heavier than you think it is from looking at it. It's a lot smaller right. too. Huh. It's not the it's not the big giant monolithic beast that people make it out to be. It's actually quite compact, but it is it is heavy. It is a good weight to it. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that was Robert's big news this week because uh, you told me a couple of days ago. Well, you sent me a photo of the. Uh, order thing Mm -hmm. so we both have a next-gen consoles me on the playstation side you on the xbox side not that we're taking sides in the brand thing but it's just our our preference i think is a better way to describe that um yeah so that's that's yeah i've always been on the the xbox uh brand pretty much since the get-go yeah Um, i got no problem with the playstation brand i still have my ps4 on the entertainment shelf i just the the games that are exclusive to playstation i play on the playstation and Everything else, I pretty much play on the Xbox because it's. I like the control. Honestly, I like the controller better. I'm just not a fan of the PlayStation's controller, and that's really been the kind of the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what are you looking to play on, uh, like your, your Series X? As promised, I have uh, Cyberpunk 2077. The disc is installed. Oh. It went through the upgrade. I also um, downloaded pretty much anything that was in my library. That was optimized for Series X because I really want to see uh, how it does. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll play some 
Cyberpunk possibly between now and next week. See how uh, see how that goes, and you get the the better version of it now that it's mm-hmm. kind of the fixed up. version. Yeah, yeah, it was playable before the experience that I had, um, but it's much better now. So, um, cool. I look forward to hearing what you have to say about that next week um, and what games you managed to get round to and stuff. So. Um, for me, uh, I finished with Dying Light 2. I'm not going to say too much about it because I did a whole episode earlier um, on my experience with that game. My very kind of mixed, unfortunate experience with that game of what ended up happening. Uh, it's a spoiler-free episode. It's called Possible Skip uh, Dying Light 2. Um, and I, I don't need to say anything else because I'll be repeating what I said earlier. So go and check that episode out. Um, as I mentioned, I'm now shifting over to uh, Kenya. Um, Bridge of Spirits and I really like it I really like it a lot I did some point between today and last week whenever it was um, I did a uh, first impressions video I think I did about half an hour just just wanted to dip my toe in see what the game was like and that sort of thing um, and I enjoyed it at that point and I've also enjoyed it um, since I've played that I've played about I'd say two and a half three hours maybe roughly that sort of length um, but no, it's a very charming, very simple, very, oh, at the moment it's quite simple, uh, quite a nice game. Um, it's clearly trying to be kind of cute, which is, which is nice. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a game that makes me feel quite rewarded for finding things as well. But then finding things in the game isn't that hard, you just have to look around certain corners. But you sort of notice a path and you think, oh, there's probably something down there. And then there is, so that's quite cool. Um... The combat started changing itself up a little bit. Um, we were able to do more things with the um, the rot in the game. The, my, my only this is gonna this is gonna sound like a nitpick, but it isn't really a complaint. Um, my only not really issue, but question with the game is so you have these little people that follow you around, these little squid type of things that follow you around, and uh, they got like, these cute little faces, and they're animated really well, and all that sort of thing. And they basically they follow you around, and they help with certain stuff. Uh, they can do things like moving objects for you. They can help somewhat in fights. I'm assuming that will be upgraded later, but they can help sometimes in fights when it makes sense. Um, they can do things like um, st- stun an enemy and that sort of thing, um, and like other little things as well. I just don't understand why they're called rot. Unless it's... Because it's spelled R-O-T. Unless that's supposed to mean something else. Um, but the way it looks like it's spelled is rot. And it's like, why are you calling these cute little things rot? It doesn't make any sense. Unless uh, unless it's pronounced differently. And I'm just um, not reading that right. Uh, could be like an American thing. or I, I don't know. What, what else do you think that could mean? The spell R-O-T. And then these oh, no, cute... that's, that's pretty much rot. And I have seen... A couple streamers I follow play it. Yeah. Um, it's very uh, Pikmin-like in its influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's rot because of what's going on with the the, the terrain being corrupted. Right. And so that is basically that manifesting itself. Hmm. Um, past that, I don't know. That doesn't quite make sense, though, because the thing they're clearing is the rot. Not mm-hmm. that themselves. Um if you just called them like me's or something, uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, it's not a complaint. It's just a sort of like, why are these things called rot when this Claire's supposed to be really cute and everything? Um, the one kind of odd thing about the game, 
is you get the you get like these bits of currency you get two lots of different currency one is actually for like upgrades and stuff and the other is these little diamond type of currency that you get from baskets and stuff and at the moment that is used to buy hats for the little rot characters the hats don't do anything at the moment it only seems to be for appearance um because I was wondering, like, because you can buy them little, like, fox hats and, like, strawberry hats and stuff. And it's it's, it's fun, it's cool, you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, it, it just seems to be for appearance at the moment. Um, so I don't quite get that. So if that continues to be what that is, I've already got them all hats and stuff. I mean, you can, you collect more of these little people, um, as you go on. But if that happens, I don't really need to buy any more hats and and stuff but again i think that's and i'm not i'm not knocking that either because i can clearly tell that these these little things that this game is doing is to add to the charm and the light-hearted nature and the whole kind of plot of the game at the moment is kenya herself is trying to cleanse these areas of the rot the actual rot that's like blocking her path and stuff and you can tell when you um because when you get to a certain area and you clear the enemies and stuff you put one of the rot on the actual rot, um, like you click on it, and then you do this like spirit thing with your um, staff that you've got, and then it clears the area. So it's it's trying to do a, th- a thematic thing, I think, of like she's using the rot to clear the rot and make everything bright and nice and colourful and cute and and that sort of thing. So it's cool. I, I like what it's going for with the theme. Um Kenya hasn't had a ton of development so far. Obviously she's I've only been played for about three hours. Um but no my general sentiment is I really, really like it. It's it feels kinda like smaller scale and just nice and kinda simple at the moment. Um I had a surprising bit of difficulty with some of the combat at one point, but then I I, I worked out what the game was trying to get me to do because you can control, I don't want to like get too much into surprises or spoilers, but you can control something eventually, and the idea of the fight is that you control that to attack another enemy to make the fight a bit easier, and once I'd realised that, um, the fight was, was better, but, um, cause she's, to, to, to just, just explain Kenya as a character, so she's this, uh, she's a female character, obviously, um, She's the one that you've seen, obviously, in all the trailers. And she's got this kind of staff that's got this blue, glowy thing on the end. And she's got, like, powers with that that she can use. Um, One other kind of, like, interesting um, exploration thing is there's very clear points around the map. where it's like, okay, you probably... It looks like you want me to shoot something down. Because there's these little, like, things that are hung up in the trees and stuff. And it's... feels like okay you want me to shoot that down and do something with it and when you press and hold l2 she does a kind of third person radical thing and it looks like she's trying to do like a like her stance and the way it's shown is like a bow and arrow type of thing like with horizon or tomb raider but i can't shoot anything yet so i'm wondering if at one point i get the ability to shoot um with the staff and then i can go back and get those things maybe so um but the game's got me curious about things i like it and I'm definitely going to be um, continuing with it. Um, I've got a half term coming up because we break up a half term this upcoming Friday, which I think is the 8th of, of April. So I'm going to be playing that. And I think in two days time on the 5th of April, um, the Star Wars Lego game comes out, which I'm very, very interested in. So that's what I'm going to be playing kind of going forward. 
so uh, we'll see how all that goes. Um, what did you think of the the stream parts that you'd seen from? Because you said you'd watched a bit of Kenya Bridge of Spirits. I think some parts of it are just like insufferably cute, mm-hmm. which is its intent. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a very yeah. good game. Um, yeah. We'll just have to. I had I haven't had a chance to actually play it. Play it so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can unlock and what I can do and that sort of thing. So, cool. Alright, uh, let's get into a bit of housekeeping and then we've got some very interesting, very big news to talk about. So we'll see you for all that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I'd mentioned earlier, I did my review kind of for uh, Dying Light 2. Gave it a possible skip rating if you're wondering why I've given it that because I was enjoying the game. You can just listen to the episode and find out what that is. I did explain like that at the start of the episode, so you can check that out. And that's a spoiler-free episode. Uh, Man United returned to playing football after two and a half weeks away because of international duties and FA Cup games and whatnot. Uh, we drew one-one with Leicester. A few controversial moments. Uh, Leicester had a goal disallowed for VAR, uh, for a foul, and one of our players should or should not have been sent off they didn't get sent off but they possibly should have been Uh, lots of talking points from that and um yeah we're just kind of waiting for the season to finish now so uh there's that but man united play against everton uh this upcoming saturday um so look out for that this next one because there's no midweek game um i did a podcast called why phase four of the mcu is the best one so far um i put so far in brackets because obviously phase four is not finished yet the rest of it could be terrible but um i suspect it will be very very good um just some personal things i kind of pointed out some you know personal opinion kind of stuff 
um, to do with what Phase 4 of the MCU is doing so far and why I like that more than the previous phases um, and why I think the story that they're, the, the stories that they're telling, because there's more than one, uh, are very, very interesting and why I think that's just better than kind of what we've had in the past, which might seem a bit weird, but I explained a bit more of it on the episode, so you can check that out. There's not got any spoilers or anything for um, any of the films, so you can listen to that. Uh, over on the <clears throat> over on the chat podcast, um, I did the episode a little bit early, but it was for the March 2022 version, and it was a very, very mix of an episode of lots of different things. Uh, so I talked a bit about COVID and what's kind of going on over here and in the world with COVID. I haven't talked about it for a while on the chat podcast, because you don't want to talk about it every single month, but I uh, just did an update on my thoughts on how things are changing with that. I also did uh, what's called a political compass test, which hasn't got anything to do with COVID. There was no COVID questions on there or anything. Um, it was just a general questionnaire um, political compass testing, which was really, really interesting. A couple of interesting questions in there. Then I talked about the situation with Ezra Miller, because uh, he's been doing some bad stuff um, this week. And I also kind of threw in at the start my uh, spoiler three, spoiler-free opinion on the first episode of Moon Knight, which is, of course, the newest mcu show on disney plus so a bit of a mixed episode um but you can check that out if you want to for that one uh, over on the walking dead podcast uh we're still continuing that we're up to season 11 episode 14 there's two episodes left of the b side uh, the second part of the 11th season um so that'll be for episodes 15 and 16 over the next two weeks so we'll be c- continuing to cover that on Wednesdays, I watched a film called uh, Deep Water, I gave it a must-see rating, that's available on Hulu in the US and Amazon Prime Video in the UK. Have you heard of that film at all, Robert? It's got uh, Ben Affleck and Anna Diarmas in that? Something, yeah, I've heard of it, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, okay. Um, But yeah, you can go and check out my review for that. Uh, over on last week's Gaming Talk podcast, we talked about some updates from CD Projekt Red. They announced a new Witcher game and some mystery surrounding that and everything. They also dropped a bit of news about the um, Cyberpunk, uh, what's it called, uh, expansion that they're still working on. And we talked about our predictions for Project Spartacus, which we'll be talking about the actual uh, Project Spartacus uh, in just a minute. So we did a podcast for that. Uh, did my review for Servant Season 3, and if you want to hear me give lots and lots and lots of praise to something, that's an episode to listen to. Uh, first half of that is spoiler-free, me just giving the show loads of praise for different things. I called it TV's Best Horror Slash Thriller Show. That's available to watch if you want to watch the show, which I'd recommend that you do. Uh, it's on Apple TV+, Plus, just everywhere. Uh, that's for Servant Season 3, and it's got a fourth and final season coming up, hopefully next year. So there's that. Did my possible skip review for Horizon Forbidden West. That's another spoiler-free episode, so you can check that one out. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platforms by searching for the same name. Alright, let's get into some news. Okay, so uh, big, big, big event this week. Big piece of news dropped from um, Sony. I have a lot of things to read out here, so just, well, you don't have to do anything. Just 
keep listening. Um, but uh, I'm just going to read out what this says here. This is from, I think, Jim Ryan. I copied this from the PlayStation blog, so you can go and read this for yourself over there if you want to. It says, since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. Uh, we were thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus, and also launched the first um, console game streaming service with PlayStation Now. Today we are pleased to share with you uh, official news about um, changes coming to our subscription services. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three uh, membership tiers globally. It says here, our focus is to is on providing high-quality curated content with a diverse uh, portfolio of games. Below is an overview of... Of the three membership tiers. So, um, this the the first one is called PlayStation Plus Essential Benefits, and um, provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games. They've been offering th- three in the last couple of months, but two downloadable monthly games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for um, saved games, online membership access. Uh, there are no charges for uh, existing, uh, sorry, no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. So that's if you just want to stay on just normal PS Plus. That there's been a thing anyway. Um, I don't think I need to read the prices for that because it is actually the same as it was before. Um, it says uh, price for PlayStation Plus Essential remains the same as the current PlayStation as the current price for PlayStation Plus. So that one's the same. That's one that is the basic tier that we already have right now. The one that I'm subscribed to as well. Um, then you've got uh, PlayStation Plus Extra. Benefits provides all the benefits from the um, Essential tier. Um, adds a catalogue of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. Including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalogue and third party partners. Um, games in the Extra tier are downloadable for play. So... Um, you can download these games, um, and then I don't know if this pri- I don't know if these prices are different to PlayStation now, but it says here um, United States uh, fifteen dollars monthly, forty uh, quarterly. I think that's once every three months, isn't it? And then nineteen, uh, sorry, ninety nine, ninety nine yearly. Europe um, fourteen, and then forty, and then a hundred, and then United Kingdom eleven thirty two, and then eighty four, which is a random kind of number and then it says japan you can read that for yourself there this next tier is where things get very very interesting and where i get very very interested playstation plus premium benefits provides all the benefits from essential and extra tiers adds up to um 340 additional games including playstation 3 games available via cloud streaming a catalogue, now this is where things get really, really interesting, a catalogue of beloved games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generation. So no Vita, but I don't think anybody was expecting Vita to be in here. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games 
offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets. It says where PlayStation Now is currently available, etc, etc. And then the last thing on here, time-limited game trials. Because demos have kind of been a, been a thing of the past. Uh, time-limited game trials will be offered in this tier, so customers can try... Uh, select games before they buy which is a bit of what I suggested they could do last week when we did our predictions for this United States um, 18 pounds monthly um, for 50 pounds quarterly and then 120 pounds yearly Europe um, 1750 and then 120 so the same basically United Kingdom which is me uh, 14 pounds monthly 40 pound quarterly and then 100 pounds for the year then it's got uh um japanese ones as well and then we've got a bunch of other information here playstation plus and we will go back through this and discuss this in a minute playstation plus deluxe select markets for markets without cloud streaming playstation plus deluxe will be offered at a lower price compared to premium and includes a catalog of beloved classic games from the original playstation ps2 psp generations to download and play along with um Time limited game trials, benefits from essential and extra tiers are also included. Uh local local pricing will vary by market. Um just looking at what I actually need to read in here. Uh it's got some games mentioned in this next bit. So the new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure that hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content that sets us apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, I assume that's the 2018 version, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library um, that will be regularly refreshed more details to come on the games we'll have on our PlayStation Plus uh, service. Um, when when the new PlayStation Plus service launches, PlayStation Now will transition into the new PlayStation Plus offering and will no longer be available as a standalone service. That makes sense. PlayStation Now customers um, will migrate over to PlayStation Plus, Plus Premium. So that's the second one, I think. Uh, with no increase to their current subscription fees at launch so that will probably change later i'm guessing um as this is a massive launch effort we're rolling out the new playstation plus offering in a phased regional approach um in the june time frame we'll begin with an initial launch in several markets um in uh, asia followed by north america europe and the rest of the world where playstation plus is offered um so that's me and you i'm pretty sure uh, we aim to have the most PlayStation. We aim to have most PlayStation Plus territories live with our new um, PlayStation Plus subscription service by the end of the first half of 2022. We also plan to expand our cloud streaming benefits to additional markets, and we'll provide more details at a later date. Uh, building upon more than 25 years of expertise in gaming innovation, this change to our service subscription service highlights our continued efforts to involve our network services. Business uh, to match our customers' preferences. With all new PlayStation Plus, we're focused on delivering compelling game subscription service with curated content from our PlayStation-exclusive studios and our third-party partners. They said that about three times in there. Uh, the newly enhanced PlayStation Plus 
will enable our fans to uh, discover and engage with more content than ever before and deepen their connection to the PlayStation with the PlayStation community through shared experiences. Uh, we're providing an early look at our PlayStation Plus subscription service today and we'll plan to share more information with you as soon as we get closer to launch. Stay tuned. So, um, how should we do this? Because there's a very obvious particular part of this that I want to narrow in on. But I guess I'll just ask you first, um, what do you think of this in general, Robert? Um, it's definitely interesting. If you are someone that had both PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, then getting the Plus Extra is actually cheaper mm-hmm. than those two services yeah. combined. So money-wise, is that I'm not quite sure why there's the need for the third tier. Um, because, first off, if you own the game, you should be able to play the game. Uh, if you own it as part of a digital purchase, you should be able to play it as a digital download. This is something that Microsoft has been doing pretty much since the inception of uh, Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. Um, anything you own, if it's backwards compatible, you can download it and play it. And there's still upgrading and still adding things in. They're even adding in games that have absolutely no reason to add in, but they still do it. Um, probably the most notable game of that would be uh, 50 Cent's Blood in the Sand. Pretty decent game. Literally no reason why it should be backwards compatible as a 360 game on the current console generation, but it is. Um, But yeah, it's the third tier that's really kind of hanging me up on this, just because price-wise, it's fairly minimum. It's, what, uh, $3, £3 a month more to go from the extra to the premium. So it's no different then when you buy a when you're going to get a new phone it's like a 16 gig phone but for a hundred dollars more here's the 160 gig phone um basically they're just trying to upsell you i but still i just don't get why that needs to be a thing then the way i look at this is okay first tier is like okay if you just have ps plus and that's all that you want for your online stuff and monthly games that's the same I think the second tier is sort of like, okay, instead of us just giving you basically PlayStation Now, so the big library of games, we're going to give you that, but also include PlayStation Plus, which is kind of what Game Pass Ultimate does. And then the mm-hmm. third one, I think, is like for the bonus stuff, so the the, the classic games library and the, um, what's it called, the, the demo stuff. So that makes sense to me, because... And yeah, it is cheaper because now, it, it, right now, if you've had PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, um, that would be more expensive than this second tier, which includes basically both of those. Cause that's the 400 games at launch part, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested because in the second one, it says 400 games for like their for, for essentially their Game Pass esque library, and then on the um, what does this say? On the premium one, it says add up to 340 additional games. So I'm assuming that's on top of the 400. So you'd have four, five, six, seven hundred and forty games, which is a bit of a random number. But um, yeah, I also wonder if that one might give you quicker access to newer games. Um, like, like let's say that uh, God of War comes out, right? And 
with let's say with the second one which is essentially playstation now with plus you'd maybe wait six months after launch to get it but maybe with the um premium you would wait three months it doesn't say that here i'm just kind of guessing as to what you could potentially do with that um the part that really sticks out to me and this is exactly what i was asking for because remember i remember on last week's show we both said like okay our predictions as to what this is and then what do we want from this thing Mm-hmm. Which are two different things. And you said about having um, day one games on the service. I didn't think that was going to be a thing. I, I think that's where they're maybe trying to do this time trial thing. Because that leans into a bit more of what I was suggesting. Which is is that you don't say... Instead of paying uh, 15 a month and then like, hey, God of War day one. It's kind of maybe they could do it. So, hey, you could play the first couple of hours of God of War. And then obviously you could buy it afterwards if you like it. That makes sense to me. Um, it doesn't say here that your game trials will be for day one games. It Maybe that could be for something later on. But because um, I read this, I happened to be looking at my phone as soon as this popped up um, a few days ago. And I was scrolling through this, like just looking for the any mention of classic games. Because what I had said last week was, because I'm not particularly bothered about PS3 games. And I still stand by that. Because I've played the two that I would care about the most, which is Last of Us 1. And then the Uncharted games, which I played on PS4 anyway. Because um, I, I played those with the collection and the remaster versions of those games. And obviously Last of Us 2 was a PS4 game anyway. As was Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4. Um, but I was scrolling through this, I was like, is there any mention in here of PlayStation like classics? So for me, what I would consider the classics and the ones I'd want... I remember specifically saying last week, PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2... PSP games I could give or take, like, uh, there might be some that I didn't get around to when I had a PSP. Um, PS Vita I never particularly cared for. Um, I do still have a PS Vita anyway, so if I want to ever use that, I I can. But what I very specifically wanted, which is listed exactly in the wording that I wanted to in here, is downloadable monthly, a downloadable monthly subscription where I can download, not stream, download... PlayStation and PlayStation 2 games. It will depend on the library, and I'm I'm aware that you know when this thing launches, it won't have every single PlayStation 1 and 2 game. Um, but that was what I asked for, and that's exactly what's written here. So I'll just go over that part again. It says a catalogue of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Then it does say you can do that with cloud streaming or whatever. But obviously I won't be streaming them, I'll be downloading them. So if this works in the way that I could... Because Sony could like mess something up here, obviously, like they could. And I'm I'm trying to think about what they could mess up. But when it gets to June, whether it's going to be June 1st, June 31st, whatever the date's going to be, it doesn't matter what the date's going to be. If I get to some point in June and this thing launches and I'm able to pay... So what was that? I think that was £14. Yeah, for me that would be £14 a month. Yeah, 14 yeah, for, for for that tier, which would give me um, plus anyway, which I could use to play online games and stuff. If I can, now I don't know why I'm doubting that this is a thing, because that's exactly what it says here. If I can go on my PlayStation 5 in June, the thing comes up, says PlayStation Plus, new, there'll probably be a big banner thing for it or whatever. And I can pay £14 right there and then, and then browse a selection... Obviously, it would be a particular selection of PS1 and PS2 games. I'll look at PSP later, but PS1 and PS2 games and download them as part of a subscription. And I can actually 
play those games. I'll be very, very, very happy with that. Because that's what I've wanted for a while. Um, and I'm actually really surprised that they're, they're doing that. because Just because of the conversation around backwards compatibility with PlayStation has been very... Very vague from Sony themselves. You know, when the PS5 was launching, we're all kind of like, okay, you'll probably be able to play PS4 games, and you could play certain PS4 games. Um, PS3 was kind of, for me, out the window already. And then I had, I had the kind of question about, like... I remember last week saying, okay, you can go on your PS5 and you can buy, like, the Bully Canis Canamedic game. You can go and buy Jack and Daxter games. You can go and buy the old version of GTA San Andreas. There is some that you can go and buy and you can play them like normal games on your on your PS5 and on your PS4 and if I can go on my Vita and download the Toy Story 2 or you know uh, Crash Bandicoot for PlayStation 1 if I can do that on my Vita why can't I do that on my, my PS5 but I suppose they answered that question here so I'm, I, I'll, I'll probably be it'll probably sink in a bit more when June gets here obviously it's still a couple of months away but I'm trying I was trying ever since that came up and I read it and I was shocked of like Oh my god, they're actually doing that. Um, I, I I started thinking about like, okay, so the idea that I have of like, you know, going on there, paying the thing, subscribing to it, simply just downloading these old games that I wanted to play or go back to, how could that be messed up? Like, how how what way could Sony sort of screw that up? Um, I don't know, Robert, Robert, what do you think of the classic games thing here and um, what's kind of going on with that? Uh, that I don't know, but that's more because I'm not that uh, familiar with uh, Sony's library. Um, the one thing that I did notice was that there wasn't any real mention of uh, first day, one day access for Sony-owned studios like Microsoft does with their Game Pass. Um, then, they no, said they, no. yeah, that's notably absent in that. Um, classic games, that's hard telling because and technically anything is a classic game. Mm-hmm. Um just really think it just depends on the demand. Um, the real tough part is going to be that uh, compatibility with the PS3 game. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because like I was scrolling through this and I was like, oh wow, they're doing what I would consider play- classic PlayStation games, which is the PS1 games and PS2 games. Um, and like, of course, it's the internet. People moan on the internet about everything, but it was just so it was so because the two things I did not expect at all out of this was downloadable option for PS3 games and day one PS5 games so like your upcoming God of War I didn't expect Sony to say anything or say that those would be things and I expected that if PS3 was going to be mentioned in here it would be through streaming because of that stupid cell processor mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't expect those things to be changed or fixed I mean saying fixed I didn't you know it's not something that needs fixing to me um but there was some tidbits from, I think, like, something that Jim Ryan had said, which is that we just value these games too much. And given that Sony's first-party games like God of War, like Horizon, and all these other games have become basically blockbuster, um, you know, event video games for people, to me, to me, I mean, I'm outside of Sony's business, obviously, I'm not involved with it, like, you know, financial side and whatnot. To me, it doesn't make sense to you know, have a game that's going to sell loads and loads of copies and then to just stick that essentially for free in quotes on your £15 a month streaming service. I mean, Microsoft does it. They can do whatever they want, obviously, but 
I just don't. I still just don't think they have the exclusives to match what Sony's got. So for Sony to look at their big, big games that people really look forward to, um, to me that doesn't make sense either for them to do that day one. So all I was seeing for like, um, I mean, I, look, I looked around online for like ten, fifteen minutes, whatever. I was reading different stuff, and all I saw people saying was like, "Oh, I can't play PS3 games. Oh, I can't get God of War day one on on PS5." And I just kind of wondered why anyone expected those to be a thing. Um, I know you kind of wanted the day one PS5 thing, but to me that just didn't make sense. That so they expected it to be a thing because it's already been a thing for Microsoft for ever. So right, but Sony has no interest in doing that. So um, I don't. Yeah, but then it goes into the thought of why do something similar to what somebody else is doing, but do a lesser version of it. That is kind of where people are hanging up on that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I wasn't ever really going to be bothered about the day one PS5 game kind of thing. I mean, I even when even back when Microsoft announced that they were doing that, I still thought it was quite surprising at that time. Because um, it, it it's kind of strange to me that you launch a big game like a Halo Infinite, for example, and you can just play it for like play it for like ten ten pounds basically if you mm-hmm. subscribe to. Uh, game pass or sometimes one pound because they do the one dollar thing sometimes um that's never quite made sense to me but um they're doing what they're doing but yeah um it'll be interesting to see because they've they did say in here about a couple of games some spider-man games um got um death stranding and stuff um the thing i'm good because i'm not really bothered about like their game pass s sort of quality uh, catalog because i've got my boomerang games thing for that where i can add any game to my list that's available on disc and i can get those sent to me so that was never an issue um the thing i'm going to be most curious about is keeping track of what playstation 1 and playstation 2 games they add to this thing because that's what i'm going to be interested in each month um so we'll see but i I think it's a very very interesting stuff here um you know, June is a decent amount of time to wait. I'm glad that they did say something and not just sort of coming soon. Um, but yeah, June will be uh, very, very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Um, so in terms of, for me, am I going to get this thing? I mean, I'm going to at least, on the day it launches, try the 15, uh, £14 thing to see what classic PlayStation games they got. That's where I'm sitting with this. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see what they do with the the game trials thing. That might be something I'll dip into now and again if I just want to quickly try a game. Um, but what about you? Are you going to subscribe to any of these tiers for anything here? Well, I'm, I've already got the PlayStation Plus, so I'm assuming that's just going to roll over. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, I'm not going to do any of the upgrades to that just because um, I don't really play my PlayStation enough to really justify that. So. All right, all right, so yeah we'll see how that goes um but yeah that's a lot of the playstation plus stuff um it's really really interesting to see how that goes um what do you think the date will be for this and when do you think they'll announce the specific date because i said june but no specific kind of date for it uh probably towards the end of the year so Mm. hmm uh, Alright, let's move on from that. Um, speaking of games being added to subscription services, I'm going to do this in no particular order. Uh, so we've got our PS Plus, speaking of PS Plus, um, we've got our PS Plus games for the month of April. I think some of these are available now. Which is available from uh, 4th of May until the... Um, 
something else. Uh, to the 2nd of... Sorry, the 5th of April. It's written the other way around because American dates. <laughs> to the 2nd of May. Because I looked at that and I, I thought, why does it say 5th of February? But no, that's 2nd of May. So, anyway. Um, we've got uh, Hood, Outlaws and Legends. Slay the Sprite. Which I think I think one of these is a card game. I think it's that one. And then SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, which is the remastered version of that old game. Um, uh, it's a decent month. I don't really know much about this Hood Outlaws and Legends thing. That might be a game I'll take a look at, possibly. Um, see, the thing with the SpongeBob game, I, I, I tried playing that for about 20 minutes, and I was just like, nah, nah. And for me, if I want to see the rest of that game... Kadikaris played it on YouTube or on Twitch, which is now on YouTube. So if I'm ever in the mood to actually see the rest of that and see his, you know, content around it, I'll just watch that on YouTube. So I don't really need that game in my in my library. Um, I mean, I, I remember I kind of used to watch SpongeBob when I was a kid, but then I started watching better stuff. Um, what do you think of these games, and what's your, I guess, what's your opinion on SpongeBob? <laughs> Seeing. Yeah, well, Sp- SpongeBob is. I'm way too old to be in that sphere. I know nothing about it. The Hood one, <laughs> I'm curious about. Um, here's the description uh, from the Steam page. Uh, Faced with a merciless, unchecked state, rebels and rogues battle to claim their place among legends. To win influence with an oppressed people, rival games gangs compete in daring heists to hit the wealthy where it hurts. Folk heroes or gold-hungry outlaws, only the best will escape. With their hard-earned riches, two teams of four players compete to execute the perfect heist in medieval environments patrolled by deadly AI guards. So it sounds like it's a four-on-four um, player versus player versus environment online game. So I don't know if it's uh, random matches, if you have to have people in um, your friends group, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's got a mixed review on Steam with uh, 5,000 plus reviews. Um, so it's one of those things that if, if, if it fills a niche, then it's cool. I don't know that I'd play it just because, I mean, it's a four on four and I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, online competitive games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something I'll probably take an interest in. Um, kind of got me thinking about, you know, I saw that and I saw a picture of it and I kind of started thinking about like Assassin's Creed and Thief and those sorts of games. I wonder if somebody can come up with... Now, probably not with the same story, even though Ubisoft abandoned their original Assassin's Creed story. I wonder if somebody can come up with a game like Assassin's Creed, where, like, third-person ninja-style, you know, swords, stealth game... That that kind of thing. Gameplay. Um, Because the closest thing we've kind of had is that first-person thief game, which was alright. But I wonder if somebody might do that one day. Maybe, maybe not, but... We'll see. Anyway, um, on the Games with Gold for April 2022, we've not mentioned these for for a while, but there's not even been worth mentioning, really. But, uh, yeah, let's go through these anyway. Um, so, yeah, Games with Gold, April 2022. You've got another site, a game called Hue, or H-U-E, Outpost, Kaloki X, and then MX versus ATV Alive, which is a uh, bike racing game, like a dirt bike racing game. Um, I have played, if this is the game I'm thinking of, it's called Another Sight. This was where you play as, it's the third person game and you play as a blind girl. Um, 
like a young teenage sort of blind girl and the objective was is that you you try and like find your way um and it was interesting at the start but then the game really dragged on and i don't remember actually finishing it it was a de- if you've got a bit of patience and you want to play something that's arguably a bit different to other things out there it might be worth a go uh, and if you're already subscribed to Game Pass or Games with Gold, then that might be worth it for you. Hugh, I've never heard of that. Um, it's got a picture with it, which is looking like the guy from Limbo on a black background. There's really nothing to gain from that. And then Outpost... What's this game called again? Outpost Kaloki X. I've never heard of that. And then the other one is a dirt bike racing game. Uh, Robert, what do you think of this library here, and have uh, have you heard of another site, which is the Blind um, game? No, I've not heard of any of them, so it's just one of those things that uh, I'll just have to see when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's your Games of Gold and your PS Plus for the month of April. Um, let's go on to something else, um, which is... Uh, I don't need the screenshot for this, but I found it anyway. Uh, TT Games, so they're the company... I still don't know what TT stands for, and it's not Telltale Games, this is TT Games, uh, which is the ones that are doing the Lego games. They've been doing them for a long time now, actually. They've got quite a few games under their belt. It's working on a new uh, Lego game based on a major IP. Uh, It's interesting that this news, because my screenshot here is from the 31st of March, so it's not an April Fool's thing, um, from the 31st of March. It's interesting this news came out less than a week before their new Star Wars game comes out. Um, the reason I think this is good news is, one, because um, the previous style of LEGO games had gotten a bit quite stale. I mean, I used to be a big fan of them. What they're doing with this LEGO Star Wars game looks a bit refreshed and a bit sort of new. Um, for those of you who've missed the footage of it, if you type in like LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga, on YouTube, you can see the seven-minute video that they did a couple of months back that we talked about. It looks like a very, very different type of LEGO game. Still the fundamentals of, like, collecting things and the normal kind of LEGO stuff, but the gameplay and the overview of everything looks a bit different. So, yeah, this could be a refreshed chance to work on something big. Again, obviously, Star Wars is a big IP, but their game's about to come out. And to do this again, basically, but with another new IP... Um, so what would this make sense to do with and what would we want them to do it with? Um, a lot of people in the comments of that tweet had suggested that they go back to the... Because you can play the Harry Potter um, saga games on uh, mm-hmm. the, the Lego ones, but they were the the, the old format. I'm going to call them now the old format of the Lego games. If you could go back and redo those, I mean, it would make sense with kind of like the Fantastic Beasts film and Hogwarts Legacy kind of coming out, you know, Harry Potter's on, you know... Um, you know, being talked about again in Hogwarts and everything. Um, some for not so good reasons, but others for good reasons as well. Um, that's what would make sense for me to, for them to do. So then for them to kind of remaster their old game. Uh, I don't know what that would sort of take in terms of development. Um, of course, for me, with these types of things, I always look at Marvel and DC. Um, they did do quite a big Marvel Lego game a few years ago. It was called Lego Marvel Superheroes 2, and it had, like, multiverse stuff in there, and it was a bit more open world. It was actually very, very good. Um, so I don't think you need to do a Marvel-style game of that, although, again, if you can take that game and put it in this new Lego format style, that would work as well. 
So maybe if you do this, but you do it for a DC game, because they did do the Lego Batman games, but they were obviously very Batman focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could you could unlock people like I think the Flash, maybe Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. But I'm talking of like doing what they're doing now with Star Wars, but with Marvel and or DC characters is is a possible idea. Um, they did an Incredibles game a few years ago that didn't make a ton of sense because one of the cool things about these games is going to big franchises like Star Wars that have got decades worth of characters and you unlock loads of people. Whereas the Incredibles has got about six characters <laughs> or may- yeah. may- maybe eight if you count some of the villains and that sort of stuff. So that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so to me doing something Marvel, I know I kind of always point to Marvel and DC, but if they want to do something big franchise based again, Either that, Harry Potter, you know, Marvel, DC, or Harry Potter makes sense to me because, again, the the amount of characters that you can collect and what you could do with a refreshed game in those franchises. Um, in terms of what I would want, either of those three would be would be pretty good for me, I think. Um, Robert, what do you think this game could be for within the new format, possibly, and what would you maybe want it to be? I know you're a bit more out on the LEGO games, so what do you think? Yeah, um, it's one of those things that... I'm not a big fan of the Lego games just because of the sheer amount of grind involved. You got to, with all the collectibles, you got to do a lot Mm -hmm. of grinding to unlock everything. And I'm not a completionist. Um, You can just do the story parts, I suppose. Yeah, you can, which I have done in other games where I've just done the story parts. Mm -hmm. Um, As for what I want, I don't really feel like I have an answer to that question because it's not a game that I play. So. Yeah. Do you agree that like they could go back to maybe those Harry Potter games? Do do Possibly this? the Harry Potter games. Um there's a lot of different franchises to where you could go with that, so um but Harry Potter's probably the most notable right now. Mm-hmm. And I think their Incredibles game did kind of prove if you're gonna make the most out of a game like this, you do need to do it with a franchise with loads of characters. Because I was kind of thinking of, like, could you do a Back to the Future thing? Maybe Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings has got quite a few characters. Um, Back to the Future's basically got two main characters. Um, mm-hmm. So that Back to the Future wouldn't make a load of sense. Um, Ghostbusters you could possibly do this for? and Not not on the level of, like, Marvel and DC characters. Obviously, you've got dozens, but... And you've got, like, different variants, but... um. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them out there, I suppose. Um, so it's have to see what they're going to do. But if this game, if this new upcoming Star Wars game, which hopefully I'll be playing this week, is as good and as refreshed as what it looks, then I'll kind of be back on board with LEGO games and I'll look forward to seeing what this new one is going to be. So, there we go. Uh, let's go over to some uh, other interesting stuff. So, um... Do you remember a game called Abandoned? It no. Was that, it was that weird PS5 app that came out. It had an update. It had like some teaser trailers. People thought it was to do with Silent Hill Metal Gear because, of course, they did. And it was run by this guy called <clears throat> Hassan. Um, so he's kind of gone quiet. There's been some tweets now and again from Abandoned saying, "Hey, we're still working on things. We'll see you soon, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But they hadn't really showed anything. Um, so I still managed to listen to some of Sacred Symbols episodes, which is hosted, of course, by uh, Colin Moriarty. It's got Chris Ragon and, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Dustin uh, Furman. It's got them on, on there. I don't manage to listen to all their episodes because their episodes have gotten really, really long. I think there was like a four and a half hour episode, uh, a few weeks ago. And I was like, I just, I can't get through all this episode. 
Um, anyway, Colin Moriarty, who of course runs that podcast, says, In my many years covering PlayStation, I've never encountered a mystery quite like PS5's Abandoned. I invited Hassan to Sacred Symbols Plus so I could pick his brain, finally ask him... Um, ask him the right questions and get to the bottom of this riddle. So there is an episode available on their Patreon page. I'm not telling you that you have to go and pay their Patreon thing. That's up to you if you want to spend the money to do that. I think this episode will be released on their free feeds soon because they tend to do that with the interview stuff. So if you don't want to pay for it, wait a couple of days. It will probably be on their YouTube channel. And I'm not saying don't support them on Patreon. I'm just saying you have the option to do that. And they usually release their episodes for free a few days later. So... If you want to subscribe to them or not subscribe to them on Patreon, that's up to you. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing this episode. I, I did read some comments about what was said and apparently Hassan was rambling quite a bit and he wasn't really quite giving Colin some answers. Um, I just really want to read out a couple of tweets um, from Hassan himself because he tweeted out and spoke about... The actual interview. So you can go and follow him. He's called Hassan Karaman on uh, Twitter. And uh, so he speaks like a different language. So his English isn't quite all that. And he did actually say that in some tweets. He said, okay, so I did not do a good job um, doing the interview. But come on, guys, give me a break. This was my first ongoing interview. It was a mess. I had no overview what I wanted to say. And Colin asks A and I answered B. Um, and there's a thread that continues, like who is funding the project, and I talk about the prologue. Basically, what I wanted to say was that the project is self-funded, and that the prologue is used for furthering, for further self-funding of the game. And for those thinking I am an actor, just know I am who I say I am. There is no other truth than this. Um... Yeah, this game's a bit, a bit of a mystery. Some people still keep calling this game a scam, even though it's not a scam for the general public because we haven't given this guy any money. Um, it might be a scam in other financial ways, but it's not in terms of us giving him money because nobody, none of the public have given him money yet, unless people have donated to him or, I don't know, whatever. But you... Because the, the Abandoned app um, was this weird, like, kind of mystery horror game which had some... Some people claimed some ties to, like, Kojima, Silent Hill, Metal Gear, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can still, I believe, go on your PS5. Um, actually, I just realised I can download the thing myself, because I've got... Yeah. Um, you can download the free app on the PS5. It's called Abandon, and there's, like, a trailer on there. And I spoke at the time and said, like, how weird it was that... Okay, what game has come out on the PlayStation that has got its own app with its own trailer? So how YouTube works because um, even with Sony's first party games or even Xbox's or Nintendo's first party games you don't get like a Halo app with a trailer you don't get a Zelda app with a trailer you don't get a Last of Us app with a trailer you, you see those things on YouTube you know if you want to watch a trailer in this day and age you google them and you probably find them on YouTube for mm -hmm. games, TV, films you know etc etc so it was kind of strange that that was the way that this thing was working um so i don't know what to think i haven't heard the episode myself once i do hear the episode and see what this guy actually has to say because i don't want to speak for him i'm only reading out what he said um i'm not i can't like call him a liar or, or whatever because i haven't caught any lies from him and that sort of stuff um but what do you make of this situation at the moment 
Uh, it's hard telling because I'm not familiar with the game. I've never heard of it before. Um, I vaguely-ish remember talking about it at some point. Yeah, it's been um, a few months since we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe January was the last time, possibly. So um, it makes sense that you would have maybe forgotten what the thing was about. Um, but yeah, if I get a chance to listen to it between now and next week's show, I'll maybe talk about what Hassan said. Um, but we'll just have to see how things go from there. But my the sentiment that I want to leave is, you know, just leave this guy to go and work on this game. If the game turns out to not be real, then we won't see it anyway. Um, and I'm sure we'll find that out at some point. But you just got to leave him alone to do his job. I know that that's hard for some people because people like to threaten companies with death threats. Which is because, unfo- you know, that's that's effective. Yeah, and that, and that's a realistic thing to do. Um, but unfortunately, that, that is what some people do. You know, it's not just been companies like, or people like him, or, you know, a recent example, CD Projekt Red, this happens to loads of people. And not just game developers, it happens to people all over the world. So, um, I'm sure that it's not our audience doing that. I would like to think that it's not. Um, but, yeah, just everybody try to relax a bit. I know that's a bit a difficult thing for some people, but, um, yeah. Uh, when he's got an update, he'll have an update. Um, you know, you can't force the game to happen, so we'll just have to see. Anyway, that's all the stuff I've got for this week. Robert, how about yourself? i got a few things. Uh, first up, E3 2022 is cancelled. Um, last year, they tried to do a virtual one. This one, this year, it's fully cancelled. No digital, no in-person, nothing, which doesn't spell good because E3 has been declining for a while now, and obviously... COVID did it no favors. Mm-hmm. Um, they do claim, quote, E3 will be returning in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase that celebrates new and exciting video games and industry innovations. It's planning to return to Los Angeles, assuming Los Angeles is even still there by this time next year because that place is a dumpster fire. Um, okay. We're still probably going to get um, uh, announcements from... Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, in and about the time that it should have happened because they've pretty much all gone and done their own thing now. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jeff Keighley, I think, is going to have his Summer Games Fest, whatever that's mm-hmm. going to look like. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if anybody's like sad, surprised, shocked, upset, whatever. Um, this When this news came out, I was just kind of like, oh, right, okay. I mean, E3 hasn't really been E3 for a couple of years now. Um, the last memorable memorable one to me was the year... I think it was the 2019 one. The one where Sony came out and showed four games, which I think was Spider-Man, Last of Us 2, Ghost, and... What was the other one? Was it God of War or something? They showed four games. I think games. that was 2018 because they had to take a year off because they were so pretentious about... All their stuff. Oh yeah, they skipped the next year, didn't they? Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, that's where we saw our first like actual gameplay for Last of Us. Last of Us Two. And I think I can't remember if we saw, saw full gameplay for the other two, um, but we saw those games anyway. I think the other one was God of War. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, that's the last E3 that I like remember. Remember that actually happened. Um, I mean, the ones after that, maybe we had like the Cyberpunk stuff shown off. Um, but yeah, E3 hasn't really been the same organized thing for a while. 
Um, but I do enjoy seeing, like, you know, the devs get on the stage and be like, hey, today we're excited to announce so-and-so and we've got either a gameplay demo or just a trailer to show you. Um, and, you know, as the developer is talking about, like, hey, we worked on this and that and you'll be able to enjoy, enjoy so-and-so's story and whatever game. And you'll sit there, you'll be thinking, oh, are they going to show gameplay? What What are they going to show? And everything like that. Um, or when you get those trailers that just start and you're trying, you see like cliffs or you see grass or you see buildings and you're trying to work out what it is. It's pretty fun to, to do that. Like when you don't know what it is, because obviously if you're clicking on a trailer on YouTube, you know what it is from the title, but, um, yeah. And it's, it's going to be a shame not to, I mean, we'll still get that in, in some way, shape and form because every time we do get like a, um, state of play or an xbox event or something and those vague trailers that you get which is like hey we're excited to show you what we've got next and then the trailer just starts and again you're doing the same thing you're seeing people environments locations uh, and everyone's trying to guess what the game is um it's quite fun to do that so we'll still get that hopefully in some way shape and form um but the games i'm most looking forward to seeing updates for this year uh, it's called Modern Warfare 2, which I'm just going to say is Modern Warfare 2, because even though that's not been officially announced, it looks like it's probably going to be that, so that's going to be a big game for me, which is Modern Warfare 2 from Infinity Ward. I've got to trust that they're going to do a good game. Um, d- the other Activision game, obviously see what if something's going on with Crash this year. Um, maybe Wampa League, maybe a Crash Bandicoot 5. It feels a little bit too early for Crash Bandicoot 5 still, but this Wampa League game's been rumoured for a long time it's supposed to be like a party sort of game uh involving the crash characters um so i'm looking forward to seeing if we get anything from that and then obviously the three warner brothers games one of which we've just seen a lot of which is hogwarts legacy and then obviously suicide squad which we'll get next year and then uh, gotham knights so those are the games i'm really kind of keeping an eye on um god of war i'm curious about but i i just have a feeling it won't be as good as i want it to be um, in the same way that I've spoken about Horizon, so, yeah, we'll see when those things get shown off, um, so, yeah, but what do you make of this news, and what do you kind of want to see games-wise from, uh, summer? Games, yeah, games-wise, uh, and they do have, uh, it officially, um, June 2022 is the Summer Game Fest, mm-hmm. um, games, obviously, people know I'm a big fan of, uh, State of Decay, so I'd like something from State of Decay 3, yeah. uh, all the other ones you've mentioned, I've kind of got a half eye on. And uh, for clarity, I, my friend, a friend of mine is a retired uh, sheriff out of uh, Los Angeles, and he sent me the crime statistics. Uh, since 2019, homicides are up 75%, Jeez. aggravated assaults up 75%, unlawful shootings up 73%, uh, motor vehicle theft up 60%, arrests down 35%. So when I say dumpster fire, I mean that in the literal sense. You mean the purge? Is what yeah, it's is basically what, the is purge. Is what it sounds now. like. Yeah, yeah. And then you get these brain dead uh, people like Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth, uh, is it Seth Rogen? Yeah, on Twitter saying, "Hey, when people break into your car, sometimes they leave a nice gift," and that is not a joke. He actually said that. Hmm. Yeah. Because somebody not... broke into his car and left a knife, so apparently that's a nice gift. Okay. I know he's a, trying to be a comedian, but that's not funny. So, no. yeah. That's the thing that people don't get about... I just want to mention this for a second, now that you, you bring that up. Because this does kind of tie into the Chris Rock thing a little bit. And I'm not going to get too deep into this, but... There's a difference between... 
because when a comedian in this day and age makes a joke, right, there's two elements to the joke. First of all, if it's over the line offensive, then you shouldn't say it. But the first thing that you've got to try and do with a joke is actually make it funny. Mm-hmm. And if it's neither, then you failed on both fronts. But the likelihood, if it's offensive, like, too much, obviously people have got different lines with that. But if the joke isn't funny in the first place, then it, why did you come up with it? And that that specific joke is what you said about um, leaving gifts in cars for people. I mean, that's not offensive. That's just kind of stupid. Um, that's not funny either. So, yeah. Um, yeah, work, work on your comedy game, Seth. Um, I'm not, like, the biggest kind of fan of him, but whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying with that? So yeah, crime is 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 pretty bad and stuff over there. Um, the thing that surprised me last year, I think it was last year, with um Summer Games Fest is I remember that Jeff himself tweeted this picture out and he's like, we got all these partners for um our twenty twenty one um or it might have been twenty twenty it might have been twenty twenty or twenty one I can't remember which year it was but the the thing happened anyway. And he's like, oh, we got all these partner in it, partners, and it was like EA and Activision and Rocksteady, and nothing from any of those companies got shown. And it's like, because I thought, like, oh, we're going to get multiple shows, and we're going to actually see something from these devs and studios that you're putting in the image. Um, I think it had Naughty Dog in, on it as well, but they didn't. There was, like, a few games shown off, and there was one, there was one show that was, like, an hour, and then that was it. And I was like, okay, well, where, where's the games from all the rest of these um, studios that you've put in this picture? And why are they in the picture if they're not here? Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a bit with a bit more of a cautious mind in terms of okay, if you show me like Activision's picture, I'm still not gonna trust that you're gonna show me the new COD game because you did that before. Um, do you, do you remember that? happening I, I remember saying on the episode like oh we got all these all these companies and then like 70 percent of them didn't weren't, weren't even there it was i was quite disappointed by that but um yeah what, what are your kind of expectations for a summer games fest because mine are a bit lower than they were before um for that uh mine are pretty much non-existent on that um just because it, it so many of these companies nowadays do their own thing and their own stream yeah. that it's kind of become irrelevant at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with the COD thing. I'm expecting Activision to just drop a video randomly at some point, or them to tease mm-hmm. a date in Warzone or whatever. Um, but then you can probably find it out online, and then a, tra- a multiplayer trailer to just kind of drop. Um, yeah, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we have another actor tied to the Fallout Amazon series. According to a Variety report, English actress Ella Purnell has been cast in a leading role, described as, quote, upbeat and uncannily direct with an all-American can-do spirit. Uh, her casting follows that of Walter Goggins, who was first announced. Uh, I did a quick hop on to IMDb page. Uh, you would know her from Kate Ward in Army of the Dead, that god-awful movie on uh, Netflix. I really like that um, Yeah, Star Trek Prodigy. She <laughs> plays. Uh, she does the voice of Gwen. Um, she plays Teen Jackie in the TV show Yellow Jackets. She voiced Arca- uh, Jinx in the Arcane TV series. 
Um, fairly young uh, actor, according to IMDb. Uh, born 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, so about your age, roughly. About two I years. Mean, two years. Um, what'd you say? 96. 96. Yeah. Oh, two two years difference. Yeah. What'd you say her name was? I just want to look her up myself. Ella Purnell. Ella. Per. P. P. U. R. N. E. L. L. Right. I'm just trying to recognize her from Army of the Dead. Uh. Mm-hmm. I think she was the daughter in that film, wasn't she? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't remember. Apparently they're making another one. Yeah, they did do the um, th- Thieves of... Uh, Army of Thieves? No, I mean like a proper sequel. There's on her IMDb page it says Army of the Dead Lost Vegas with a post-production currently huh. right now. I wonder... God, that, that movie was god-awful. I really liked it. Um, you can find I'm, my... so I, I, I'm not knocking you on it, but for me... That was a chore to get through. Uh, yeah, it was kind of Zack Snyder long, if you want to call it that. But um, I, I I like his films. So. To be fair, seventy percent of the length in a Zack Snyder film is because of slow motion. <laughs> I don't remember much slow motion in that film, but he yeah. did that with Justice League, obviously, which is like one of DC's best films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, maybe it's because I maybe it's because I like zombie stuff more than you possibly as well. That might. That might play a part because I like the. Oh, I love I... zombie stuff. It's just that movie was not good, at least. <laughs> yeah, for I had me. um Dave Batista, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Batista. I... Um, and some few other... people you would recognize, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she was the daughter because I can't remember any other young female characters at the same age that weren't the the female daughter. So, um. Yeah, but um, yep, yeah, she was good in that. So hopefully she'll be she'll be good in this. Um, I don't know who's gonna be in that Army of the Dead sequel, but <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll see later on what happens with that. But um, not another good name added. Of course, we had Walton. Uh, is it Walter Walton Walton Goggins from from before? Walter Goggins, yeah. Walter Goggins. So they're uh, assembling a couple of things for, for, for the show. Um. Yeah, I'm still curious to see what this is going to be like. Um, it won't have Bethesda's development involvement, so it's just a, a filmed TV show. It won't won't have any bugs or glitches or anything in there. Yeah. And th- unless something goes weird while filming and someone's hand goes through a wall or something. Um, by that by that I mean glitching through a wall, but obviously that won't happen. Um, but yeah, be interesting to see what it was like. Uh, as I've kind of said before. I think it's interesting to look at, you know, Mandalorian, which is kind of Disney's masked bounty hunter, superhero, uh, not superhero, hero character. Then you've got Halo, which has got another masked um, guy in a suit, you know, hero character, uh, again in sci-fi. And then you've got Fallout, which is Amazon's masked person, assuming the person's going to have a mask uh, or helmet on, um, hero character. So... I wonder if this is going to be a bit of a trend now of like the masked, suited hero character. I mean, Superman and Lois has kind of got one because they've got the John um, character in there. He kind of kind of does that. But yeah. yeah, what do you kind of make of that trend, and what would you think of this uh, casting news? Uh, it's interesting because there's so little we know about it, mm. and we have no idea. If it's going to be like a one-off, uh, five-off episodes, or if it's going to be a full ongoing series, Amazon obviously has enough money to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, literally um, like with anything. It. And and I think out of 
so many video games, this one has the option to be the best because it is basically in the world. So it's not trying to copy a specific game like they're doing with uh, the Super Mario Brother movie or the Sonic movie, which Sonic movie was way better than it had any right to be. That's good. Um, yeah. You know, you can literally just insert a character into the world and it's accepted because every time you play a different Fallout game, you're a different character. You're not the same person over and over again, like with God of War or Last of Us or anything like that. So it's really easy to have an established world and then just have stories in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes for them with, uh, with Amazon. But I wonder who else is going to try and, like, if Netflix will try and... Netflix doesn't really have any IP with, like, a masked hero-suited character. Um, unless they do something with Stranger Things. I don't know. But um, they don't really have that same type of thing. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that goes with uh, with that. Um, I was kind of thinking, because, you know, there's a classic topic of, like, hey, which games do you want adapted to TV? And as I was playing Dying Light, um, technical issues aside... There's some things you could do with Dying Light to make an interesting TV show, especially with like how the infection works, how the UV lights places work, um, the day-night cycle stuff, because obviously the the dangerous zombies come out at night. Um, mm-hmm. They, if you wanted to do like an action-focused parkour type of thing, because obviously the one of the big focuses of Dying Light is the whole like Mirror's Edge esque sort of parkour and how that works in with the combat. So you could do some very good scenes with that. Um, it wouldn't be a show necessarily where you get attached to the characters, but it would be quite a... You can make quite a fun zombie show with, with Dying Light, I think. Um, what, what, I know you don't really sort of play that game. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, I mean, where when the game doesn't really have a specific protagonist, it's a lot easier to do movies and or TVs based off of that because you can just say, hey, we're just in this world. We're not trying to mimic... Um, like with the... Uh, um, uh, Uncharted movie that just came out, which I haven't seen. Um, you know, you had very specific characters in very specific roles mm. with very specific uh, timelines that they had to maintain. Whereas this, you can just be like, random, go. Yeah, yeah, because there's no like timeline stuff. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, hopefully you won't make the mistake that Uncharted did, which is getting very basic characteristics wrong for no reason at all. Um, casting pretty decent people for the role but then just sort of not making them into the characters that they're supposed to be i'm looking at how sully was portrayed in that film which is basically just mark Wahlberg walking around in a t-shirt <laughs> so yeah to be fair there's people that would pay just to watch mark Wahlberg walk around in a t-shirt mm, yeah yeah but you know when you don't give him a cigar or a mustache he's not really sully so mm-hmm. there you go um anyway uh yeah. So, um, all right. What else do you want to talk about today? Oh uh, well, Epic is being sued yet again over its Fortnite emotes. This is actually the fourth lawsuit filed. Jesus. Uh, one was filed by That's rapper. The Walking Dead. Yeah. One was <laughs> filed by rapper Two Millie. Another was filed by something that went uh, um, viral on the internet. It was just listed as Orange Shirt Kid's mom. Uh, the more famous one is from Alfonso Ribeiro, who played Carlton on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And they literally uh, yeah, called yeah. his dance the Carlton. 
and it was him doing that dance from the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's actually got some teeth to it because they stole a specific dance from Kyle uh, Hanagami, who is an established choreographer and has designed a dance for uh, Charlie Puth's 2017 song, How Long? So according to the uh, news article, quote, Epic typically approaches young and or less sophisticated artists like those who are catapulted to fame on social media, platforms like TikTok about licensing choreography for pennies on the dollar. Sophisticated businessman and established choreographer who is aware of the value of his choreography uh, generally and the registered choreography specifically was never approached by Epic about a license. So I did not know this, but apparently you can copyright uh, dance moves. Um, and they you can watch online and they can you can see the side to side between his dance that he does and what the emote is. And it's like all the other ones. It's literally the exact same thing that they're just stealing because they know they can. Um, hmm. And it'll, they'll get settled out of court um, and he'll get paid for that or they'll just take it off the platform. So one of the two. Yeah. Um, so with Instagram and with TikTok, now I do use Instagram. I put Entertainment Talks podcast sort of on there. Um, I don't have a TikTok thing. But uh, obviously, I'm aware of the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, can you monetize TikTok or Instagram short videos? Uh, I know that with Instagram, you can have your account set as a business account. Uh, mine is set to it for my uh, nature photography. It's I don't post anything on there hardly ever, um, but it is set as a business, so that technically you can get ad revenue from it. Um, right. mine doesn't get anywhere near the traffic to where if, if I did get any ad revenue, it might be like five cents. Um, wow. cause I'm, I'm very inactive on Instagram. I have like 30 people following me. So, and mm-hmm. that might be a high estimate. I haven't honestly haven't even looked. I don't know how many people follow me. Mm. Um, uh, as for TikTok, I would strongly recommend against ever using that app. Um, because fun fact as part of the terms of service, just having the TikTok app and watching videos on TikTok, you give the right of the owners of TikTok to scan your facial features and they don't say what they're scanning them for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not a, you know, conspiracy theorist. Oh, the government is doing this, doing this, doing this. But it literally says in the terms of service, we will read your biometric the biometrics of your face and we're not going to tell you what we're using that data for. Hmm. So never installed it. Don't have an account. Occasionally I'll get recommendations when I'm bored surfing on YouTube. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I see TikTok videos embedded like on Twitter or something mm -hmm. like a video that's posted, but like it's shared from uh, TikTok or whatever. So, or sometimes on Facebook, I'll I'll see that. I see more video content on Twitter than I do on Facebook. But anyway, um, now the question I was going to ask, um, not not necessarily to you, Robert, but just in a general put it out there question, because this is about co- um, copyright and monetization and money, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you're making it, because I'm just thinking of like, because I do watch certain short things on Instagram. I am I follow a uh, dancer called 
I think she's called Miranda Garrick, I think is her name. She's quite she's really quite good actually. She posts these little like uh thirty second short videos. She's very good at dancing and stuff. I can't remember how I got how I found her. She just sort of came up from something one day. Um that that I was following. Um so if you if you post a video of yourself dancing to a song on either platform, so TikTok or Instagram, and you don't monetize it, technically you shouldn't be copyrighted for that because you haven't tried to get revenue from it. Whereas if you do try to put monetization on it, like some form of ads, then that would make more sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this whole TikTok, uh, this whole uh, Fortnite dance things interesting i guess um because you've been able to do that colson dance i think on there for a while i mean i've not played the game in a good few months um but i think i remember it being on there before so but i guess when you're a big company like epic you know and you make loads of money from loads of different things especially fortnite the actual game in question then i guess you can just deal with lawsuits or whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah um but what do you make of this yeah, I'm sure at some point he'll just get thrown a pile of money and be told to go away. And like I said before, I didn't even know you could copyright dance moves. But if he's a professional choreographer, then this is something that he would know, or at least whoever manages his business would know and would be taking the appropriate steps for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to say for TikTok as well, people act like it's this massive revolution revolution thing for video formats and it's it's not because you, you've you been able to do those types of videos on you can have like youtube shorts there's different ways you can do that on instagram you can do that on uh vine when vine was a thing yeah you could do that on facebook so there's this whole idea because i was going to do a podcast on this at one point but i couldn't be bothered um because i was going to talk about zoom as well um because kind of when when the pandemic all started and everything that's where zoom and tiktok really kicked on because obviously you had the zoom work call meetings for different people mm-hmm. and they were they were both treated as these big like revolutions in the entertainment industry and i was like you can do these things you've been able to do these pla- thing both these things on platforms for years um but i suppose it's just the new trend thing isn't it of like oh have you mm-hmm. got oh have you got tiktok oh have you got zoom and it's like no i've been using skype for like five years and it does the same thing um youtube shorts are a bit more of a newer thing but it still saves the same serves the same purpose which is basically a video feed of shorts of like scrolling through quick things um so neither of them are revelations but they're treated as such which is just it's just funny so Mm -hmm. there you go but you know it's all to do with trends and that kind of stuff so what can i say um not that that's bad it's just the way that trends sort of work so yeah anyways move on from that what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, because we have no concept of time anymore, I didn't realize mm. it had been this long. But March, yeah, yeah March thirty-first uh, <laughs> was the eight-year anniversary of Phil Spencer taking over the, as head of Xbox. Um, he had a message on his Twitter says, "Quote: It's been crazy. That's been eight years. It's an amazing journey with teams, community, game directors, etc. Tons of learning for me, literally every day." Definitely the most rewarding years of my career and really excited about what's ahead. Uh, thanks for everyone for your support. Um, as you know, he took over head of Xbox after uh, Don Matrick completely cocked up the launch of the Xbox One. Yep. Um, Spencer has then uh, uh, transformed the Xbox brand uh, with backwards compatibility, Game Pass, Cloud Gaming, Series X, S, and so much more. Um 
Obviously, he's been a massive boon uh, for the Microsoft brand and you know gaming as a whole. So hopefully, he'll stick around for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's done. He's argued. He's certainly done a very, very good job. Um, he could have done better, and he could have also definitely done worse, as could everybody in life. Um, you know, because I look, I look at how I've managed entertainment talk, and I could definitely have done worse, but I could also have done better. But then you can apply that to everything in life, really. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. Doing better is a very low bar to get over when it came to Don Matrick. But yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, and everyone's definition of doing better or worse in life can be different to different people. So, but no, I agree with what you just said about Don Matrick. So, um, because he tried to turn it into like a TV sports platform, it was yeah. quite strange. Um, but there's still work to be done, certainly, I think, because it's interesting, because when you look at the way the ship's been turned around, and it has been turned around, I I mean, I still have my problems with certain things within Xbox and Microsoft, but the ship's certainly been turned around, you know, Game Pass has been, has been good, um, the way that they've, you know, acquired these studios and stuff, I'm certainly happy with the, the Activision acquisition, and, uh, hopefully they can give Bethesda the kick that they need, um, and uh, that should all work out. But it, it kind of oddly feels like all the work that's happened is taking effect now. Like right now. Like Bethesda's been acquired. Or Zenimax, whatever. Uh, Activision's mm-hmm. been acquired. And we haven't quite seen the fruits of all of those labors. But um, yeah, now that they got access to like 20 odd studios. Um, now is the time when it's to look at. Uh, obviously once Ghostwire, Ghostwire Tokyo's come and gone because that game that game's come out isn't it Ghostwire yeah Tokyo? it's out um yeah. it's been reviewed it's it's getting mixed reviews yeah i'm still on the fence on whether i'm not i might like have it in my uh wish list and see if it ever goes on like a deep sale like a 30 40 off and i might pick it up then yeah yeah um but i think the, the next kind of telling point is going to be starfield i think Mm-hmm. Um, because you know Halo Infinite's kind of come and gone. Some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. But I think the next game you're looking at from Microsoft is probably Starfield. I don't know if there'll be anything first party released between now and then. More, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I can't think of what else is in development like that's this year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in development. I don't think there's going to be a lot that we get this year on the Microsoft. I mean, obviously we. Starfield in November. Um, probably not anything Fallout related. Um, they're still cranking along with uh, 76. Um, I'd love a proper Fallout 5 game, but I don't see mm-hmm. that happening anytime soon. Uh, we know State of Decay 3 has been in development hell for a while now. Um, I'd love for it to come out this year if it's done, but I'm definitely over games coming out early that are busted and that you can't play. Mm. Um, and We've never really had that from State of Decay. Um, the first one, obviously, was a summer of arcade game that just went wild. I remember hearing about it randomly for somebody else, and I checked it out and you know fell in love with it. Mm. Uh, two came out, had the the innovation of being able to jump into somebody else's game, which was pretty cool. Um, and we'll just have to wait for three if they announce anything. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about, I always try to end on a positive note if possible. Uh, Capcom has announced it is increasing pay to all its workers um, with more money and in- introduced an updated bonus system to promote the strategic investment in its personnel. 
Um, this is coming off the back of record revenues and profit basis. Uh, in a press release, Capcom said it will pay a salary increase to its workers on average of about 30% more. Hmm. In addition, the new bonus system will be more, more closely linked to the company's business performance. Uh, no specifics in the details were shared, obviously. As for the employees, Capcom said it will to continue to enhance its employee performance review and training in the future. The pay bump uh, took place on the 1st of April as part of the new fiscal year. Uh, in addition to paying more on more, workers more on average, Capcom said it is reorganizing its human resource development to substantially strengthen its development and technological capabilities. So big bump in pay for anybody that works at uh, Capcom. Obviously, profits are up. Um, they're trying to stave off what's being called as the uh, great resignation, which is people just like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this and just leaving their job. Which I know has been a big thing here in the states. I don't know if it's the same over in the UK or not. I'm I'm not completely sure. So maybe with some companies, um, but it's good to hear this as opposed to the opposite. You know, sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes we talk about like obviously people being let go from studios, which is not nice to hear about. Um, because you know people need to to eat and whatnot. But no, this is uh we rarely hear about things like this so it's it's good to hear about um especially on this level i mean yeah 30 percent is mm. a massive number yeah yeah we do actually interestingly have a question about crunch today that we'll talk about in a minute um but uh i mean i i like capcom they 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 make some decent stuff um i still think with resident evil that resident evil could do with a complete reboot and i mean a top you know from from scratch reboot Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my games I liked from Capcom in the last couple of years was the Resident Evil 2 um, remake. That was a very good game. 3 was good, but it had its it had its kind of issues. Nemesis was cool, but a bit overused. Um, but Mr. Uh, was it Mr. X in Resident Evil 2? He was kind of a cool character, and you could hear him stomping around and whatnot. So obviously the the devs in question, the the people that made those games, assuming some of them are still there today uh probably part of this so cool uh as long as you continue to make good stuff and you do good things for resident evil um and of course they got other franchises as well i think they got like, the De- devil may cry stuff as well so that's good um so yeah cool it's it's good to hear about this on the other side as opposed to hearing about loads of people being laid off so um what do you think of that yeah, I think it's always good that you recognize that your employees are the reason why you have a business. And to do uh, this significant of a pay bump is very encouraging for anybody that works there. And uh, it's a bigger incentive to go and work for that company. So mm, it's a great yeah. recruiting tool as well. Yep, there we go. Uh, all right, you said that was the last thing that you had? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, all right, we've got two questions, one of which I've got a list with, because somebody asked me for a list of stuff. But I just wanted to include something else, something I was remembering and forgot to include in my own notes. It's not really news per se, it's more just a funny NFT story. So I spoke last week about the Angry Joe video and somebody buying a blue square for an NFT. Uh, so I spoke about that. Nothing to get angry about, it's just kind of funny, whatever, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm on social media and stuff, and I do see NFT stuff pop up. I don't intend to follow any of that, but it's social media. Some things are going to get into your feed that you don't necessarily want. 
And some random Twitter account posted a picture of, um, I think it was a a, a cat or something holding a pizza with like a really colourful spotty background. I can't remember exactly what the picture was, but it was something like that. And it said uh, it said something like new NF this this NFT or new NFTs are coming soon, which implied that that photo was going to be an NFT. Which is interesting because obviously one of the scammy parts of an NFT is that you get somebody to buy a crappy image off of you, like a blue square that you can get from Google by searching for blue square. And you could probably find something similar if you type in cat holding a pizza in animated style. Um, you can probably find an image of that for free as well. Um, but the interesting part was like, I decided to read a couple. There wasn't actually that many tweets attached to it in reply. So I decided to read a couple of them. And one of them said something like, Oh boy, um, I wish I could have this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, don't you realize that you can just click on that picture and save it? And then it's it's on your phone or your iPad, whatever you've got, or your computer. And... It wasn't even listed. It, the funny thing was it wasn't listed for sale. It didn't say like, hey, $30, click on this link. It was just, I think it was like a teaser thing of this picture is coming soon. But just the way somebody was like, oh, man, I wish I had this. And I was like, you can just save it right now on on your phone. Take a screenshot, save the picture, save the tweet, whatever. And um, I'm, not, I'm trying not to do a, like, funny NFT story of the week, and this isn't things to get angry about, it's just kind of, like, weird and funny and sort of, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, but it's not really supposed to make sense, but, yeah, just the fact that somebody, somebody said that an image, whether it's an NFT or not, or, or a picture from a photo shoot, or a picture of a poster from a film, you know, like, hey, Marvel saying Doctor Strange coming soon, new poster, or something, which you can just save to your phone, or any picture that anyone posts on social media you can just save but it's just the way this person was like oh boy i wish i had this image and it's like just just save it to your phone <laughs> um what what do you what do you make of that and how admittedly strange that is that somebody wanted a picture of social media that they could save for free but they thought they couldn't have it yeah the whole thing makes no sense to me either so yeah yeah but um, that's the first that type of comment I've seen like that, that somebody's saying, I really want this picture. And regardless of what the picture actually is, you can just save it anyway. So, uh, very, very kind of funny, kind of strange, whatever. It is what it is. So, uh, anyways, move on to some stuff that makes actual sense. Uh, Harrison, uh, by the way, if you would like to write into the show, um, you could do so by writing in to matthewentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter at etalkuk, contact page, information in your show notes there's also a big email box on the website of the version uh sorry, sorry the website version of the episode which a lot of you use actually it comes up in a different format so i'm able to tell but uh, a lot of you use that actually so you can continue doing that there's also a clickable email name in your show notes harrison writes in again and says so i'll jump straight to the obvious which ps1 and 2 games is matt looking forward to playing on ps5 and robert will you sign up for this game trials uh, or is there nothing here for you i think you've already kind of answered that question a little mm-hmm. bit you said that you weren't you didn't have particular interest um so i just wrote down like b- below his email um that i've got in my notes and i wrote playstation games that i want to play some of these i've dipped into before but i want to give like a full proper go on this new service so i wrote tomb raider original so i'll try again with tomb raider one two and three uh, Sly Cooper games, 
Um, I think there's four of those, or maybe three of those, but I want to dip into those. Those are some of the other, like, PlayStation Classic sort of platformer characters with Sly Cooper. Um, these next two I do actually own. I do have the disc version of these games, but again, playing them on PS5 will just be a better and easier way to do that. Uh, so Heart of Darkness, um, do you, have you heard of that game at all, Heart of Darkness? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never played it, but I've heard of it. Okay, it's like a cool, um, for those of you who don't know, it's like a cool um, 2D thing where this, uh, what was it, this boy loses his dog i think and he gets put into this portal he gets put into this like strange world there's these kind of black goo monsters and there's um like these cliffs and stuff that you got to climb on and you get like an electric ray gun of of sorts um and you use that to get through the levels i've seen lots of gameplay for it over the years um and it looks very kind of cool interesting and and whatnot so i i would like to play that apparently it's very very short but never mind uh, the other one is dog's life as i've mentioned before it's interesting to play games apart from goat simulator which is a bit of a different thing um i did enjoy um what was that duck game called untitled goose game oh, yeah, untitled, untitled goose game uh, i enjoy playing that i'm looking forward to that game coming out called stray which is where you can play as a cat in like a futuristic world um, those things are kind of interesting to me. Um, and Dog's Life, which it does what it implies, you can live the life of a dog. Um, I'm kind of interested to try that out. Uh, one of the licensed games, um, it's actually three licensed games, um, which I know aren't the greatest, but it's kind of, they were kind of cool to play when I, uh, used to, is the Hercules game from that film. I love that film, by the way, uh, the Hercules film, the animated one. I know, I know there was another one later with Dwayne, John, Dwayne Rock Johnson and, uh, that was a live action version. I think that was a bit different to this one, though. So I don't even remember that. Oh, right. I'm sure that maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but I'm, I'm sure that was a thing. Um, so that game. There's also the um, Toy Story 2 game where you can play as Buzz Lightyear, because you know what would be the the problem with that. And uh, I didn't re- I didn't write the other one down. I just misremembered what it is. What was the oh the Spider Man Spider Man one. I think it was Spider-Man 1, because when they did the Spider-Man 2 game, that was the one on PS2. The Spider-Man game, anyway, that was on uh, PS1, where you couldn't um, you couldn't go on the ground. Uh, you had to be, like, on top of the buildings and stuff, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Croc and Gex, two other, like, platformer characters from PlayStation that I want to just um, see what their story's about. Uh, and Metal Gear Solid 3 and 4, because I played Metal Gear Solid 2 didn't really like it metal gear solid one is one of the best games of all time in my opinion um and just a legendary complete classic of a game um you know some of playstation's best games so those are some of the ones that i want to play i don't know which one of those will be available at launch of this thing hopefully some of them there'll probably be some other games i do want to play as well ones that aren't coming to mind but um any thoughts on any of those games robert have you seen played or heard of some of those no, I don't know. I did look up uh, Hercules. In 2014, he did that movie. I had absolutely no idea. So, mm. Yeah, I don't think it's... Because th- this one I'm talking about is the based off the animated Disney film, which has got, like, Hades and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. But I think the one that he did was not that. It was something else. So, But yeah, those are the ones I'm looking forward to playing, and we'll see um, what happens with it. So, yeah. Uh, let's move on to Beth's email, the last part of the show. Um, she wants to talk about Crunch. 
Um, and she wants to talk about crunch because we don't talk about it that much. She says, I want to know why you both don't talk about crunch. I think it's a big deal in the industry, but doesn't get discussed on the pod very much. Um, we brought up crunch when it's been in the news, like when they said about the Rockstar developers working 100 hour weeks on Red Dead Redemption 2, which I still don't fully quite believe, um, that that's a thing, but, um... I believe that they worked very hard. I just don't know about the 100-hour work weeks. That seems insane to me. Um, the way I kind of look at this, and I've sort of mentioned this before. We've talked about this a bit before. If you're working 15 hours a day, or let's say 12, 12, 13, 14, 15, however long these people do actually work on these games per day, because these aren't 9-to-5 jobs, are they? Like game development mm-hmm. jobs. Um, if you're working, let's say 12, I'll just say 12 plus hours on, what's a recent example? Cyberpunk, right? Uh, which is a game that had some crunch and that kind of stuff. If, if you want me to feel sorry for somebody because they've been worked hard on a very cool video game, I'm not really going to feel sorry for that person because, yeah, you're being worked hard and you're working long hours, but you're working on a very cool video game. Whereas if you're something like a hospital worker, whether it's COVID patients or the other things that you could be in hospital for, and those people are working 12, 13, 14, 15, I've heard of like 18, 19 hour shifts before. Those people I feel sorry for. Um, or not like, not sorry as in like pity, but in terms of like you're being worked hard and, you know, it's it's a it's a worse situation. Like that that's a fundamentally different situation to like mm. so somebody doing like a twelve I'll just I'll just stick to twelve hours for a minute. Somebody doing a twelve hour shift where they've seen probably multiple patients throughout the day and they're being worked hard on people that are sick and dying or ill or broken feet or, or whatever. That's a fundamentally different thing to like, oh I worked on Cyberpunk for twelve hours or in any game. Like they're just fundamentally different types of jobs. But that's where crunch can be kind of compared, I suppose, maybe. Um, but if you're like a hospital worker, you're dealing with people that are, you know, life and death, literally, literally life and death situations uh, where you or people working with you are in charge of people's lives. Whereas if you're working on something with cyberpunk, you're not in that situation. You're being worked very hard and you might be, you know, missing things in life and that sort of thing. So are obviously those NHS workers, but that's just the way I looked at it. Because I, I remember that there was a piece of news that came out that I didn't bother to talk about a few months ago. I think it was when the first, not the gameplay thing, but the first trailer for the Skywalker saga thing came out. Or some some piece of news came out for it. And there was this news about like crunch at TT Games. And there was a whole bunch of people like, oh, we feel really sorry for the TT Games workers. And they've been worked really hard and stuff. And I was like, you're working on a Star Wars video game, like okay you're working for a long long time but i don't see i don't necessarily see the issue as opposed to because i remember when covid was like at its start and everything and i saw some videos from some short videos from some nhs workers who had clearly been like worked to death you know you could see it in their faces and how tired they were and i was like okay i've just been working like 20 hours or whatever it was at a hospital that's just it's just two different situations that is the way i look at it so um robert what do you think of crunch and stuff yeah i mean it's one of those things that unless you've actually gone through it Mm -hmm. yeah it's really hard to talk about and i actually have gone 
through my own version of crunch on two different jobs. I was basically a manager without being a manager of this one store that I worked at. And I was working six days a week, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Friday, 9 a.m. to midnight, Saturday, 5 p.m. to midnight. And I did that for six months because that's what was required. Mm-hmm. What, what was the uh, job for, sorry? I was managing a liquor store. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then another job, I worked um, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday through Friday, and I did that for six months. Um, so I've been through my crunch before, and it sucks, but if it's what the job requires, and it's what the job requires. Mm. Um, now, both of those jobs were hourly jobs, so I was getting paid more to work all those hours. Obviously, if you're working a contract to where it's a set salary and you have to work all those extra hours, that sucks. Mm. But that was a contract they signed for. Nobody held a gun to their head to sign that contract, and nobody held a gun to their head to make them stay. They could quite easily leave the situation if it ever got super bad, which they never did. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's almost like the message around crunch because I remember when it, I remember when this happened when Last of Us came out and when Red Dead Two came out. So Last of Us Two and Red Dead Redemption Two, and the way the news was being portrayed is as if like oh Naughty Dog and and Rockstar they're really bad companies they've made their workers work over twelve hours on this game and it's it's like okay do you want me to boycott the game like what do you want me to do about that as a customer? But the way I look at that which is almost the same way that I look at the Hogwarts Legacy situation, if I'm looking at a game like Last of Us 2 or Red Dead Redemption 2 or this Lego game, and they're games that I am looking forward to, they're games that I'm excited to play because they look good. They might not be good, but they look good and I'm excited for them. If I hear that those people working on the game have worked hard to make the thing that I'm going to enjoy, I'm still going to put my money forward to support it because why would I then turn around and be like, no, you've been worked too hard. I don't like the people that are in charge of you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy or play your game because you've been crunched. I, I look at it the other way, which is, hey, you've worked really hard on something I really like, so I'm gonna support the thing that you've worked hard on that I like. Um, that's just the way that I look at it. Same thing with Hogwarts Legacy. You know, the game's got nothing to do with J.K. Rowling and everything, and um. In terms of the development team if those developers put the work in and they come out with a game that looks as good as it's going to be then i want to support that and i did a whole episode on hogwarts legacy a week or two ago um which you can take a listen to so that's just a simple way that i look at this because why would i choose to because it's almost like the message is sort of oh you should boycott games from this company that makes their dev- that makes their team work too hard and it's like no we're supposed to reward hard work that's good hard work um that's just the way that i look at it uh so Mm -hmm. yeah because yeah it would make absolutely no sense if like all last of us 2 is coming out oh neil drunkman worked his crew a bit too hard all the 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 devs got worked a bit too hard no you've been worked too hard i don't want to buy your game (laughs) that that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever so yeah um but again maybe i'm looking at it the wrong way maybe someone wants to write in and say something else so we'll see um but yeah, we we've talked about crunch a few times on the show before, and it's just it's not necessary to repeat that conversation every single time a story like that comes out. So, yeah, I'm not like moaning at Beth for writing in. Obviously, she just wanted to know our our updated thoughts on that. But there's our updated thoughts, I suppose. So, um, do you have anything else you'd like to add to that? Uh, no, not really. 
Okay, cool. Uh, that's it for the episode. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Um, you can find all the rest of the things that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org for our TV, video games, films, and Man United podcasts. So take a look out for all of those. Uh, for all that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of um, events and whatnot, um, I believe, so what is the date? It's the 3rd of April, so Sunday. So on Wednesday, 6th of April, it is Entertainment Talks 6th uh, birthday slash anniversary, however you want to put that. I think anniversary is the more fitting word. Um, we haven't got anything as big as last year planned, because last year was five years, and that's arguably a lot more special than six. Um, but we'll probably do something at some point soon i am talking to a couple of people about some things um but yeah if i can manage to maybe get you david's and or gray becks you know some of those combinations of people um i'll I'll give gray maybe a message um not not something gaming related for, for gray obviously he doesn't play games but i'm talking about like a a, a celebration type of podcast the way i'm going to kind of treat the anniversary is like a uh, over the course of the month kind of thing so if we manage to get some kind of special episode done it will just kind of be within the month of april so um we'll see uh any thoughts on that at all yeah uh it's gonna be fun obviously we'll just have to see uh what shakes out and who's available for when mm-hmm. yeah so there we go uh anyway um yeah entertainment talk.org uh entertainment talk podcast platforms go and check out our content tv games films may night podcasts if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more and hear more of what we're doing, you can either check out our episodes on those particular places. You can also tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. And if you want to use Instagram or TikTok, if you want to do a dancing video telling people that we make content, go for it. <laughs> you know, uh, do, do whatever you want to do with um, with that. Uh, Patreon, $1 or $3 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, to support us over there. Uh, TV and film news. If you'd like some updates for your TV and film news, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. So look out for those. Speaking of online content as well, um, Bex is streaming very regularly uh, over on Twitch. Trista B-Y-T-E-S. You can go and follow her over there. She's doing Tomb Raider on Monday. So if you want to see more about that game, I think she's doing the second one at the moment. You can find her over there charity streams all that kind of stuff uh you can find me over on twitch as well etalkuk i am refiguring out my um stream schedule again because i didn't really like the schedule i'd set before so just give me some time with that but you can follow me on twitch for updates uh etalkuk over on twitch and if you've missed either our um archive twitch uh, streams all the clips not just for cod but other games you can find all of that content available on youtube which is entertainment talk plays Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.